folks, welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Rigadana, and with me as always, Richie Byrne. How are you, brother? I'm good. I just got back from a long car trip. I was in Ohio for the uh, for the beginning of this week. I got oh, a new yeah, car. You don't have your background. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm I'm at home, but I'm in the back room. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was it was weird. I was podcasting a bunch from my old room that I grew up in, like my bedroom from when I was in high school. <laughs> I came up with the nickname that it was the Sadness Factory. <laughs> it's a very blue collar town, and I was like, ah, this bedroom, the Sadness Factory. Uh, it's nice to be back. I uh, it's weird, man. Going home's very very weird. Um, I mean, you. You grew up in Staten Island, so you're not that far from home. Yeah, I'm, but I, I, my, we got rid of the house I grew up in years ago. Oh. So every once in a while, I drive by that house. You know, it's very sad. You, you ever have the urge to go knock? No, 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 no. <laughs> just go. No. Hey, can I just check the back room? I, I like Paul McCartney. Like someone's gonna go. You're not gonna believe who came here today. <laughs> It's the saddest version of celebrity dropping. <laughs> I don't know. He's a comic, I guess. I, yes, he says. <laughs> but it, it was real weird being home. Uh, Youngstown's a, a an in, interesting place. There a lot of great boxers come out of Youngstown. A lot yeah. of great musics come out of uh, the Youngstown, Cleveland area. But it's like it's kind of where like the Midwest and the East Coast. That's where like the clash is. So it's like the Guido meets the redneck. <laughs> so it's like a lot of dudes and wife beaters it's, and gold it, chains. That explains you. That explains <laughs> you. It really does. Dude, I, I swear to God, like when I moved to New York, I was like, oh, I come from this hardcore blue collar. Everybody back home looks like, you know, like they work in a factory that look like the brawny man. They're all like self-made. I go back, I'm pumping gas. I look over and I'm like, it's nothing but Guy Fieri and Kid Rock. Like it's the saddest fucking place, man. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Well, we got a great show today. Oh dude. I'm so excited. We, let, we have this guest. Um, I've known this guy for a number of years and we just worked together at a gig and uh i said dude yeah come on to the show he's like and when because he's just that kind of guy and uh i know i'm really excited because when he was on in the pre-show just now when he was backstage i see that he's a new york giants fan so i'm very excited to get him out here <laughs> so why don't we uh just bring him out let's go right to it man I think this man has not one but two podcasts he thinks he's me and you Two I know. <laughs> and, uh, Except successful. Anyone yes. could do that. Yeah, he gets <laughs> he gets viewers. Whatever. Very <laughs> successful podcast. And uh great comic and a good guy. Give it up for Paul Verzi, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Verzi. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me, man. So excited to have you. It's funny, we get nervous uh when we talk to like guys that are kicking ass. We always get nervous to ask them to come on. Yeah. No, no, man. Being on with, like, you know, guys like you guys. And uh, I met Richie. Yeah, here's, how, here's how great Richie is. Okay. I, I feel free I, to talk as long as you need to, Paul. Go ahead. The floor is yours. <laughs> I, he made such an impression because we were in, um, you know, the way when comics work with each other. They're in each other's head. You're in each other's. You're, you're in your own head. You're insecure. All this stuff. And we we worked at um I believe it was City Steam. Yeah. And we were at the bar at City Steam. And the reason why I say here's how great you are is because that was so many years ago, and I remember everything. So many things you said. You told me stories that I remember. I remember that you were gonna get the warm up gig and what Joey Cola said to you yeah, about yeah. Chip coming in. I remember you said. You had a friend who was married to a porn star. Oh my God. Wow. Dude, I remember like, that's the, t like, I realized something about people when, when you know, somebody is like, um, you know, great or like somebody that makes an impression, you remember shit. 
And right. and and if and if they just fucking don't do it, you're just like whatever. Like this guy, you know, they're they're, they're bringing nothing to the table. But I remembered so many of the things that you said that night, and we had a drink, and then I did not see you until fast forward like three months ago or whatever yeah. it was yeah. at, at uh, Mick Thomas, who's a good friend of mine at his um, yeah, you know, right. his, his gig there in in Long Island, yeah. uh, and uh, and it was great, man. So I'm happy to be on your guys' hey, show, man. Me too. I was thrilled. I was like, oh, Paul Verzi, cool. And and I, I said to Mark, I go, you know, Paul, I'm going to work with Paul Verzi. Mark's like, you got to get him on a show. He's got to come on the podcast. So <laughs> it was so cool to have you. And you were so, and I hated you that night because you killed, even though you think <laughs> you're wrong. You know, because it, it was a hard audience. We both thought it was, you were far away from the audience, Mark. Like there was a moat. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Nothing and, like a comedy moat. You chipped yeah. out your jokes to him. Yeah. And they would spread out, and he was just going up there, and he was riffing, and I'm sitting there going, I am so dead for 40 minutes now. <laughs> the, the funniest thing, though, was we, like, when Mick left the room to host, I think I just go, man, what the fuck is it? <laughs> like, like, we could just run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, because it's anytime you do a gig where you know the comedy show is kind of second, like, mm -hmm. Not saying that they're not into it and that they know, I know they know what they're paying for, but when they got their backs turned and you got wine being poured and mm -hmm. people are having hors d'oeuvres, they're going to have their good time anyway. They're oh, also, yeah. they're also nervous that a comic is on stage, maybe going to talk to them. So then they really kind of do the anti. So I, I, I had a great time, but I knew that I just needed to take the room. I knew that I needed to like, Right, you know, like fuck, really do it. But yeah, there was a huge gap of the first row, <laughs> so you really no, felt really. alone. <laughs> have you guys, have you guys ever done a wedding? I did once. I never did a wedding, but I did like the wedding room, like banquet type shit. But okay. I never did a wedding. No, I did a wedding, Mark. You did it. It, it is the dumbest yeah. idea in the world of all the private parties where they go. We should have a comic, and you go, why? Why would you bring a a wedding, somebody's wedding. And the, I did this wedding and the bride, I, I grabbed the bride and groom and I'm like, all right, tell me some things about yourselves. Where'd you meet? Just trying to get something, right? <laughs> so I go up to do the show and nobody's listening. Nobody like, ah. why is this guy talking? Is that her brother? Who is he? And um, at one point I go to the bride. So where'd you guys meet? And she tells me and I go, and how long were you together before you decided to get married? And she goes, I just told you all this before you went up. She actually said that to me. Like I was <laughs> oh my, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? The shit that we say yes to. If you yeah. look back, if you look back on your let's it's almost like we hate ourselves and we deserve, we feel like we deserve because yeah. the idea, and here's the other thing people remember if like, the 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 hors d'oeuvres sucked at a wedding. People right, talked right. about it for years. <laughs> for fucking I I still talk about um like so Giannis Pop is a good friend of mine, great comic. He got married at that Ohika Castle in Long Island. Yeah, Long Island, yeah. Dude, they had a dessert room. I'm not kidding you. I've never to this day I I've never seen you, their dessert was a room and around the whole room, the entire room was just tables of different cakes, uh, pies, wow. cookies, and the whole room. And I never, and, and all we do is talk about it. But you've also been to weddings where people talk about things that were bad. Yes. Right. <laughs> and a comedian that nobody knows. Nobody knows or cares. And, and, and they're eating and drinking. And now that all the, you know, now the festivities really turn up because they're dancing. And now all of a sudden, let's stop. And let so-and-so go up and talk. Yeah. And we say yes to it yeah. for the money. I mean, I hope, hopefully you got paid good. I got paid pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that, well, I told was, you in the introduction. The whole time, the whole time you're there, though, you're going, man, this isn't worth the money. This isn't worth the money. You know what I mean? Why did I say yes to And then as soon as you get the money, you go, all right, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. <laughs> 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 yeah, because you know what they do? They always give just enough to where, like, it's like, all right, man. Like, you know where you kind of just, you're like, all right, it's just enough to put me through this. But in your mind, you're like, if I had another 1500 it would really be. Mm -hmm. Then it yeah. would be worth. Yeah, then I really wouldn't care if I ruined your wedding. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a, a, a winning story. I, I usually never have a winning story. Ninety nine percent of my things is, and then I ran out of there. But this was a, <laughs> they did it right. What the couple met at a comedy show, and the comedian did a thing and introduced them. And then after the show, they actually talked and they actually dated. And then he proposed to her at a comedy show. Mm-hmm. So the best man was given a speech and he go at the end of his speech, he goes and he told the story about the comedy club and a comedian. And, and he goes, we couldn't figure out who the comedian was who actually introduced you. So uh, we got this guy and he brought me out. I came out and I, I just did like 10 minutes, of, but they didn't want me to do like just bride and groom stuff. They said, just do regular standup. Everybody's sitting there. It's during the speeches and then they're going to bring out cake. So I did like 10 minutes. And they paid a lot of money for that ten minutes. And you, just did, you just did regular bits. Yeah, it's just a. They wanted just regular stand-up comedy. Were they uh, listening? Yeah, the crowd was. They were good because they knew comedy kind of worked with the the couple, and so they were really good. But uh, that was my one and only experience. But as soon as you two start talking about weddings and the nightmare, I'm like. Oh shit! I'm glad I didn't think of that before I went because I would have probably canceled on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a I got a great story. I was at the brokerage here in Long Island, brokerage comedy club, and at the time, I was engaged to my wife, and um, we hadn't. How can I put this? I don't want to go into the whole story, but I owed her. I owed her a um. I hadn't really asked her to marry me. She, we ended up getting the rings because it was we were like 10 years in and I'd been putting it off. And my wife woke up one day on her birthday and was like, we're going to get the fucking ring tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the consolation so prize. She got the ring and I thought, oh, wow, that wasn't as hard as I thought. And she goes, bullshit, you still have to find a way to propose. You have to find a way to propose. I'm like, oh, fuck me. So a few months go by. I still haven't done it. So I'm at the brokerage on a Friday night and the owner, Gary Smith, comes up and says, hey, this guy wants to propose to his girlfriend tomorrow night. Should I have the MC do it or do you want to do it? And I'm like, I've never done that. I don't know if you guys ever have, but I've never been in the middle of that, like as a comic. And I go, no, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. He goes, all right, I'm going to set it up. So I'm excited. I'm like excited that I'm going to help this guy propose to his girlfriend, right? So he comes in, they got like 10 friends, they show up, he walks in the door and he goes, to, he goes, forget it, we're not doing it, we're not doing it. And she goes, and, and the, the owner goes, why? He goes, she saw the box sticking out of my pocket when no. I went. The idiot had a box <laughs> in his pocket, it was like protruding. He goes, so she knows, she knows what I was gonna do, so just fuck it, I'll do it another time, fuck it. So. <laughs> on stage and they're right in front and i all i can see is this guy and this girl and she's pissed she's pissed right and so, richie can see the box so he, dude he still had it <laughs> so at one point at one point i tell the audience this story and i go to the guy i go you're a fucking moron and everybody goes crazy and i go you know what do it anyway come up and do it now and he goes no nah. i go come on do it now do it now and he goes no nah. And I go, if I do it, will you do it? Now, I forgot to tell you, this is the club I met my wife in. I met her at the brokerage. I go, if I do it, will you do it? And he goes, yeah. And I go, my my fiance's in the back of the room, and I haven't found a good way to propose, so I'm going to propose to her right now. And you saw the guy's eyes. Like, he didn't know I was really serious. So she didn't have the ring with her. But we took the key ring. And my wife came on the stage. I told the audience, this is where I met her. And I proposed to her with the key ring, right? And my wife's crying. And I look at the guy like, let's go, let's go. So the guy gets up and he proposes to the girl. And she says, yes, the place goes crazy. But after the show, my wife and I went out for a drink with them. This girl was such a bitch. She was so nasty. (laughs) my My wife turns to me at one point and goes, what did you do? <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Oh, that's such a great story. <laughs> oh, that poor bastard. Oh, that was dead. 
Oh. <laughs> I mean, he's he's it's got to be divorced by now, no? Yeah, when, but I mean, when my wife is going, what did you do? Oh, that's so fucking great. Like Frankenstein's <laughs> monster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking great. I have the worst. I, I did it in my album, so if anybody here, but I, I have the worst proposal story ever. Okay, okay. it's so ridiculous what I did. First of all, I I was nervous. Like I was nervous. I got this thing on my hand. I'm gonna just take it off. So, um, this thing. Yeah, I got this fucking anyway, dude. So I buy this ring down in the uh, in the Diamond District in Manhattan. I'm nervous as all hell. Nervous more at more nervous than maybe anything I've done in stand up. Like to that level of nerves. And we, we go to a restaurant and uh I wrap this thing up in my sock and I roll it a lot, right? So it's like <laughs> it's so I wore two different socks. One was longer than the other. And I put the ring and I wrap it in the longer sock and it goes and it's down there. And I mean, I'm a mess. We're sitting there. I just kept looking around like I was going to rob the place because I just was so fucking like she knew something was off. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, how can I do this? How can I do this, man? I just it, it was a really nerve wracking. The waiter comes over. Right. There's like a basket of bread. And I'm just thinking, how the fuck am I going to you know, how am I going to do this? <laughs> so I'm a wreck. So now I'm like, all right, well, maybe what I'll do is I'll put the ring in the bread basket under bread. And then when she takes a piece of bread, she'll see, you know, and then I'm like, then I saw like the Mexican guy, like taking the baskets in the back. And I'm like, no, dude, I can't have a God forbid he takes it. And, um, you know, not because he's Mexican, relax. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to get, I'm just saying, I saw the Mexican man taking the baskets back there. So <laughs> I go, I go, you know what, Paul, you got to go to the bathroom and regroup, dude. You got to fucking, you got to, I was a mess. So I walked to the bathroom and I literally had like a, like a Vince Lombardi pep talk to myself. I go, listen, I go, she fucking loves you. You know, she's saying, yes, the ring is incredible. You're going to stop being a bitch. You're going to go out there. You're going to fucking give her the ring. You're going to say, will you marry me? Everything's going to be great. And I kind of, yeah, yeah. And I walk, I walk back to the table. I sit down and right when I look at her, all of that courage just gone again. I'm back. I'm back to square, <laughs> I'm back to square one of nerves, right? Now, there's a little TV in the corner of the restaurant, little, and it's just playing ESPN highlights, right? And I'm just like, my nervous tick was watching these ESPN highlights as I'm sitting across from her. And I still got the ring and she's like, you were acting so weird. So I look up and this guy on the Dodgers, Sean Green. Sean Green. He hit four home runs in one game. Yes, he did. So this is the day after that. This is when I'm going to do right. So I'm looking and I'm just talking and I'm just going like my nerves were making me talk about shit that didn't matter. So I go, oh, babe, this is great, man. This, this guy, you see this? I go, this guy on the Dodgers hit four home runs last night in one game. It's really rare. And my wife goes, my wife goes, oh, that's awesome. And I swear to God, my brain just goes now, do it now. I take the ring and I go, not as awesome as this. And I put it on the table and I just lean back like, and she was confused. I said, not as awesome as this. And she's staring at it. And I, I, I go, I, and then I just started describing the ring. I go, no, the clarity. I didn't even propose yet. I start going, no, it's a perfect, the clarity, there's no inclusions. It's, and she just was, it was just this big fucking mess. And she goes, you know, you have to get on a knee and propose. I'm like, yeah, no, I know. And I like awkwardly got on a knee and asked. And so now, oh like, God. not not as awesome as this is always our, <laughs> <laughs> like, Sean Green, I owe Sean Green, I guess, a thank you, because it was like, I was at least able to stay. <laughs> it was like man. the least romantic, like, thank God there was a TV <sighs> on, but um, yeah, so I did, I actually did that story on stage once. And it ended up working, so it ended up being a part of my first hour. But that's a hundred percent true, man. I just said not as awesome as this. But the funny thing is, I put it down, and then I leaned back as if I just hit a game winner, like at Madison Square Garden, like not as awesome. As, like she would be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, brutal, absolutely the worst." So I didn't have a good catchphrase, but same kind of thing. I took my wife out to this park. I had it all planned. And we're sitting, we got to the gazebo. We're in Auburn, New York. I take out the ring 
and I just handed it to her. <laughs> she looks at it and goes, "Yeah, well, are you gonna ask?" <laughs> like, yeah. "Oh yeah, yeah." Um, uh, so you know, um, like I, I thought this was enough. I don't know. <laughs> no, we we it's really so nerve wracking and scary. But you um, you guys made me laugh about. I wanted to tell you the the hell gig because you were just talking about the weddings and the hell gig. Do you guys know who Don Gavin is? Oh sure. God, yeah, yeah, legend, right? Oh, love him. There's a legendary Don Gavin story. If you heard it, if you heard it, stop me. But no, tell it. No I matter. heard this, and this is so great. You want to talk about a hell gig? He shows up to the address to a gig, and it's like a park. It's outside, right? And there's just people outside on a park, and there's benches and stuff. And he shows up, and there's like a bunch of people, and he's looking. And he goes, "Yeah, I'm the comedian." And they send a lady over. And the lady, the lady goes up to him. She goes, "Oh, thanks so much for coming." He goes, "Yeah, I'm just a little confused. Where um, where am I performing?" And she points. She goes, "Do you see that picnic table with those people?" She goes, "Yeah, you're performing right over there at that picnic table for those people." And he goes, "Oh, all right. Let me just go to my car and get my props." And he just left. <laughs> I just never came back. And I'm like, that is the greatest. Like, I wish more, I wish more of us did that. Oh, oh my I'm God. Yeah. Keep that. I'm glad you told me that. Cause the, cause you're always looking for that out. Like there is that gig where you go, if I could come up with a way to get away from this, I would. And that's it. Let me go to the car and get my props. I, let I me don't go. know. Yeah. Do you guys know the story? I don't know who it was, was on stage bombing. And then they said, do you guys like puppets? And the crowd goes, yeah. And he goes, all right, I'll be right back. I got to get my puppet. And just fucking left. But it was at a club. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, that is so great. It's like, <laughs> what did you think? That's I think so you're right, great. though. People need this. The comics need to start saying, like, no, fuck you. I don't need the money that bad. Yeah, well. But, but the problem is we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think we get, I think that there's, like, levels to where we're at. And when you're. When you're newer or coming up, I remember one of the first gigs Tony Camacho ever sent me on. Okay, I was like so new, and Tony goes, "You're gonna do this restaurant in Long uh, in Staten Island, okay?" And I go, "Yeah, all right." He goes, "It's 150 bucks." Now I'm psyched. It's a Friday night. I'm gonna make 150 bucks. I just, you know, I first started getting paid doing comedy on a weekend, and I show up, and I shit you not, the owner walks up, and it's like a restaurant, but almost looks like a diner inside. And the guy goes, the owner walks up and he goes, yeah, I didn't want to do this. And that's the first words out of his mouth. He goes, yeah, I didn't want to do it. That makes you feel good. He goes, I wanted to get a couple of local guys so they bring their friends and family. So I know there's a crowd. Nobody knows you guys. And he goes, and he goes, and listen, I swear to God, I'm just sitting there. TVs are on. People are eating. He goes, listen, he goes, we don't have a microphone. I swear to God, he said this. He goes, listen, we don't have a microphone. I just wasn't going to buy one. But listen, he goes, there's a radio shack down the road. If you want to buy it, but it's going to be on your dime, not mine. <laughs> and I'm I'm going like, should I be here? Like, what, should I have left the house? And um, two other comedians showed up. Who was it? It was Scott Papacuri. Oh, wow. And, and, and another guy with him. And they were like, they were like, ah, let's do it. Let's just do it. And I'm going like, dude, there's no mic. We're going to have to. And he's like, and I'm like, all right. And it was like, and we just stood up. They kept the TVs on. People, I remember this father and son were just cutting chicken parm, trying to look away from me at the TV. And I'm standing in the middle of the restaurant. No microphone goes. So my grandmother says it was, and I'm, and I'm going like, but I guess you have to do that shit, right? You have to do that shit when you're younger, right? Like, yeah. you're no, no, it never ends. It never ends. Not when you're younger. Stop the bullshit. A couple of years ago, I did a daytime show for Joey Cola. And Joey was booking it. And it was me and Chris Monty. And it was all these guys who own businesses in Long Island. And it was like, it was unbearably bad. It was some Italian restaurant. And these guys could give a shit about us or anything. And, and I got there late, and Joey had just Joey opened the show, and he brought up Monty. Monty started doing all that Italian shit that he has, and the guys dug him. He's telling street jokes. He's doing all that bullshit. So he wins them over, you know, and they kind of laugh. So 
Monty goes, I gotta go, and they all start booing because he's leaving. Like, I'm dead. I'm dead in the water. <laughs> I gotta go get another hat to match this suit. I'll see you later, guys. Yeah, so Monty finishes. Joey brings me up there fucking talking. They hate me. They're not listening at all. <laughs> in the middle of it, they bring the food out. Oh. So I, I finally, I go, into, I go into street jokes. I start telling street jokes. So I'm kind of getting them with the street jokes. because. So I, I go, all right, uh, old guy walks into a bar. I'm finally kind of got them. And I go, old guy walks into a bar and Cole goes, I did that one. I did that one. He comes running up. I did that one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, but and Cola goes, Oh no, I did the other one. And he walks <laughs> and I just see him strutting off. Oh my god, that is so fucking funny. I did that one. <laughs> like it fucking matters. Oh, Nobody to you, they're not gonna listen to me. I do remember that guy, uh, Jason Pollock. I remember that guy. From, oh, he's so goddamn funny. Uh, oh, you remember Jason? Jason, yeah, Jason uh, from, uh, from, uh, from from Rascals. Yeah, Rascals. yeah, 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 yeah. Rascals, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dina Blizzard was there, I think. Um, dude, that is so funny. I did that one, I and that one. oh, I dude, I did that one during the show is the best. <laughs> well, I was with I was with Bill Burr the week after he got he did the Philly. The, the show, and um, that went viral. Do you guys know the story about he was uh, on in Philly and they were just booing him? And you know what, him. What, yeah, what made him upset was I think what made they him booed Dom Herrera, right? Right, Dom Herrera was from there, and he went right. he went before Bill, and they just started booing him. And then I think the story is I didn't Man. fully, but I think the story was Bill was like when Dom came off, like they just booed you, like fuck these people. And then, like it was, it was one of those because that that was Dom's. Like I think that's Dom's like hometown. It is. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. But the video had just gone viral of Bill like telling them, "You guys are so stupid." <laughs> Your <laughs> biggest hero is a fictional boxer. Yeah, and 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 he <laughs> and he kept counting down nine more minutes. <laughs> nine <laughs> minutes. And we're at Dangerfield, and there's like twelve people in the room. This is the week it happened. And, and we're standing there, we look at the room, and he goes, oh, this is going to suck. And I go, you can't say that ever again, Bill, after what I just saw. Yeah. <laughs> never say something for the top. You had a whole city booing and still did your time. <laughs> he actually started He actually started winning them over when he just started shitting on them. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I, I mean, I, that's the Philly way. Yeah, I, I, think booed, I think they booed like four people in a row. Like, I think it just became that's what they were going to do. Like, do. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, they would have booed Richard Pryor. You yeah. Know? Like, when you're in a situation like that, it's almost like what he did is kind of the only way to win is to right. not yeah. bail out and to just kind of like at least go out swinging. Yeah. You know? Like, fuck <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, what oh, what was his name? Black comic who was on uh, – he said, I'm not afraid of you motherfuckers. Bernie Mac. Oh, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. I mean, I'm not afraid of you motherfuckers. I'm not afraid of you motherfuckers. Get it, DJ. <laughs> yeah, kick it. Yeah, and yeah then he'd he, start uh, dancing. Yeah, no, man, that was, uh, that was such a great, like, because it, it just let them know. It, it's so nice, too, like, when you have a moment like that where it's like, even though there's so many more of you, I won. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> like because they, they see the balls in certain ways, they see your balls. Yeah, have, have you ever had a, a bombing situation that stuck with you for years that still oh, yeah. you have nightmares about? Exactly. I, I've had a lot of bombings that it's like, ah, fuck it, it's over with, but I've had I two have, that were like, they're still there. <laughs> um, I it, it doesn't stick with me now, it's more of just like a conversation piece, but. <laughs> It, uh, I had one that was as bad of a bombing. You couldn't, it couldn't be worse. So, and it could have been like in a movie. It, if, if a movie director said like, this is what we're going to do. And this is what I need you people. It would have been it, what mine was, was that. So actors would have went, no, this isn't even believable. That's hard. yeah. <laughs> so there's a country club in Westchester called the, um, what's it called? It's in, um, sleepy hollow. Okay. And Sleepy Hollow Country Club, like Bill Murray belongs to it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an incredible golf course. 
And what they do every year is they give an award to a, a member called the Headless Horseman Award. And they all go golfing. It's just dudes, by the way. Okay. They all go golfing on this incredible course. They come in, they shower, they smoke cigars. There's like a guy carving meat, there's shrimp, the whole deal. And then you go into the back and they turn the back into almost like it would almost be like an outdoor wedding reception. But they have all white chairs, ice sculptures, the whole fucking deal. And it's all one percenters, millionaires and billionaires. Okay. I get a phone call. Hey, man, I do this every year. You want to do it. It's $2,000. You do like 20, 30 minutes. You kind of roast the guy who's getting the thing, but tell jokes. So I'm like, ah, man, I was like, can I bring an opener? Maybe somebody to open up. So I bring uh, my buddy. Uh, he was in New York a lot at the time. Jason Lawhead. I said, hey, you go up. I said, I'll get you a thousand. I said, I'll get you a thousand. So you go up and you do like 15. You'll get a thousand. I'll close it. I'll get 2000. We'll get the fuck out of here. Right. We show up. And it's all these just arrogant, blazer-wearing, loafer-wearing, fucking golfers coming off the thing. We're smoking cigars by the, you know, it looked like we shouldn't even been on the property, okay? <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, they start making their way towards dinner and the seats. Now, we get paid first. I got two grand in my back pocket. Jason gets a 1000 The guy did tell me, he goes, I watched you online. This is like years ago. Because I watched you online. You seem like this could be something. Maybe I don't know if this is like you got to kind of do this and that. I'm like, I'll be all right, man. You know, whatever. Let me let me just get my money. I'll do it. But my friend says, why don't you roast the guy? Here's his wife's name. His wife's got, you know, his wife is plastic surgery, drives a car around. So I have all this stuff on this guy. And he's sitting at the front table of this outdoor. I can't even tell you enough how grand it was. Picture a movie off of like the water with white chairs and a wedding. That's what it was. But all rich dudes. Jason goes up and starts killing. Look at these guys. Yeah, wives. Yeah, where's your mistresses? Killing, killing. And I'm waiting. No, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I got some dumb collared shirt on that was uncomfortable. I just was a fucking, before I even got on, I, I didn't love this. <laughs> So he starts going, all right, guys, I got to do, I got to get out of here. And they start going, one more joke, one more joke. Oh, yeah. shit. And I'm not even up yet, right? So he fucking milks it and crushes. I did tell that cocksucker, don't talk about this, and he did. But I said, leave race out of it. Because <laughs> they were all white people. He said something, whatever. I'm not, I don't hold it against him. I'm just <laughs> kidding, by the way. He's, he's, he did what he had to do. Right. So I go on stage. <laughs> I go on stage. I go, give it up for Jason Law. And I just said something like, if you guys knew what his checking was, was, if you guys knew what was in his checking account, he'd be dragged off the property. I said something like that. And it got like a, they liked him so much that they were like, whoa. Wow. Don't shit on our boy. Right. And dude, I'm just staring out at 25 minutes of pain. I'm just staring at 25 oh, minutes of pain. And all these motherfuckers are in coats. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me, I'm going to come out real quick and I'm going to fucking roast the guy getting the thing. So then I go, Hey man, where's this guy the headless horseman? Everybody claps. I go, I said something like this guy's got his hand. This guy's got his hands on a lot of paper and plastic. And by plastic, I mean his wife, Lindsay's fake tits. And all of a sudden you hear them go, Whoa, Whoa, easy. easy. <laughs> and dude, I'm fucking, I'm fucking, I mean, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm going, which one of you guys is the guy that hits the ball in the woods and then kicks it out like he didn't hit a bad shot? Thinking I'm going to get something. It's quiet. They're looking. Around. I mean, dude, it was the plane was going down. It's the worst. So oh. I'm like, so, dude, I'm just going. I'm feeling like, this with you right now. Dude, no, no, no. And listen, it gets worse. <laughs> so I start talking about like, I'm like trying to talk about the Giants and Eli Manning. And then I'm like, wait, did Jason talk about this? And I'm going through all this stuff and they're looking at me. I had old men in their 70s, white hair going like this. Like it was fucked. So then I start talking about Chris Christie. And I go, that fat fuck can't even, that fat fuck's diet. How's he going to balance a budget? I start, and all of a sudden, Jason tells me later that as I start shitting on Chris Christie, a guy leans over to him and goes, yeah, we just threw him a $3,000 a plate dinner in South Carolina last week. Oh, God. So now I'm shitting on their guy, calling him a fat fuck. Yeah. He, can't, he, can't, 
He can't, he can't balance his diet. How's he going to balance a budget? This fat fuck. You know, now it is the plane is on fire before it hits the ground. I mean, the engines are fucking. And I'm sitting there and I mean, I'm eating a dick to the point where an old man goes, all right. And then I go, no, 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 not yet. And it's like that. And then finally, finally, I put the gun in my mouth, pulled the trigger, I bail out, and I just go, well, I did my time. And I go, all right, man, I'm out of here. I literally put the mic back, and luckily, there was literally an exit door. I walked with the $2,000 in my pocket. I walked off stage, through a door, into the parking lot, into the car, closed the door. I might have locked the doors in the car. I closed the door, (laughs) and I'm sitting there. And I just text Lawhead. I go, I'm in the car. Wow. Right? And uh, and he gets He's good. And he texts back, they just asked me to join. I, I think, no, I think he's like, yeah, I think he was, had a, was having a beer with him. He gets, <laughs> he, gets, he gets in the car. I'm fucking, dude, this one stuck with me for a while. I'm in the car driving. All right. And uh, me and Jason get in the car and we start driving. We drive into the stand. We're going to a comedy club in the city and it's just quiet in the car. And just out of nowhere, Jason just leans over to me. He goes, you're a great comic. (laughs) (laughs) That was the Cleveland and Jason. Uh, He just goes, you are a great comic. And we laughed about it. And like it was one that stuck with me. I'm like, what could I have done? And then the guy reached out and he goes, hey, man, sorry things didn't work out, but thanks so much for doing it, whatever. As a matter of fact, I guess you could look at it like that Jason gave him a show. They fucking hated me. Um, that was probably like, I want to say, seven plus years ago or something like that. And it was refreshing, though, because it was one of those where after that ass kicking, I was like, all right, like if, if, if you feel that. The good thing about feeling that in comedy is when you do feel that, it does something to you in a good way where it's like, look, man, it's not really going to, if I bomb in a comedy club, all right, like I could deal with it a little better now where it's like, but now I just laugh. I just laugh. You know, I laugh it off. It sucked. But dude, I mean, it was just as bad as it could get. Oh, (laughs) Oh, not as awesome as this, not as awesome as this was killing it. I mean, I had an old man, maybe in his 80s, go, all right, like, I just started. I mean, it was just <laughs> brutal. You know what's weird? And you and you mentioned it a couple times in the story, and it's something that's a theme with the two stories I have that are just deaths. Rich and white are the two ingredients to a horrible bombing. I've bombed yeah. in front of biker gangs where I was doing it at a, like a rock concert and I died of the worst death, but like some big bearded dude in a denim jacket will go, ah, fuck these people. Yeah. But yeah. like when you bomb it with a bunch of rich people, they're like, you do this for a living. Oh, yeah. well, I, I did a, uh, a couple of years ago, I did a Jewish resort, whatever. And they were really old Jews. I mean, they were old. And and I was coming from the set of the Dr. Oz show. So I, that means I'd been up since 4.30 in the morning. And I'd been working all day. And I get to this gig. And I got to change into a suit. It's just been a long day. And the guy who set the whole thing up claims that he was a... He used to be a booking agent back in the 50s. That's how... And he, and he was famous. Like, he was... Hear of me? You ever hear of me? You know, I'm getting that. You ever hear of me? You know Henny Youngman? Yeah, you know, I used to book Henny and Milky. And all I you gave know. him this stuff. So I'm, so he's killing me. So I'm supposed to do 35 minutes. I go out. These people hate me so much that they're literally going, ah, oh, after the punchline. <laughs> I mean, ah. Oh. So after about 20, I'm supposed to do 35 minutes. After 20 minutes, I go, you know what? This just ain't working. <laughs> Are you sure Florentine and Norton weren't in the crowd? No, I know, because they, right? No, I know it wasn't them. And I go, it's what it reminded me of when Florentine and Norton did that to Boss. And I go, um, I go, you know, you guys hate me, and I'm not that crazy about you, so let's just call it a wash. And they, 
I go, I, I think I'm going to get off. And they start clapping. That's <laughs> <laughs> loose we heard all day. <laughs> I go into the dressing room and I look like River Steinfeld when the pilot's in the audience. Remember when he comes up and he's all like fucked up? That's a, and I'm all fucked up. I'm like, oh my God, that was unbearable. And the, old guy, the old guy comes in. I shit you not. He goes, all right, you still owe me 15 minutes. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to reintroduce you. I go, I am not going back out there. I go, wow. He wanted another 15 minutes. I go, I'm not, I go, they don't want me, and I don't want them. What is the problem with you? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Get back shit. out there. <laughs> they want me 15 minutes. Gonna, you know what's funny, Paul? That might be the only time I ever bailed on a show, but I didn't bail. I said to them, do you want me to keep going? And they were like, no, no. What are you yeah. doing? It? No, no, don't worry about it. You tried. You tried. I bailed, I bailed one time. I was uh, Me and Carla both did something, and it was great, but it was like a wedding reception with cops and their wives. And then I did a same guy booking the same guy booked it, and it was just the cops and firemen at this little thing. Pictures of beer. Sound system sucked. And I remember I did something, and one guy was like, what is this, the gong show? I had no comebacks, and I gave all my good bullets early, so I had no ammo. <laughs> and I got like 15 left, and it was just a nightmare. And it was the only time in my career I just go, you know what, man? They were like rowdy dicks. And I go, you know what? And I didn't have – I, I got to put it on me. In retrospect, I put it on me because I didn't have anything left. Uh, uh, cause I gave everything that I had early to get them. And I go, you know what, for you people that wanted to see comedy, I'm sorry, but blah, blah. And I ended up getting off and the guy gives me like some pep talk outside some shitty booker or whatever. But uh, it was the only time too. It was the only time, but I learned from that. I'm like, I'll never, now what I would do is the guy that yelled that just shit on him for 10, 15 minutes. Like you learn when you're younger, you learn all of the things through the course of your career that you would go back and do. Now you have the ammunition to do that. So instead of me, after that guy said, what is this, the gong show, or whatever it is, I should have just stopped and be like, you're a fireman. Who are you saving you fat fuck? And then turn it on. But I didn't know that then. You know right, what I mean? Right, I didn't right, know right. that then. So you got to take off. Right. Of that is really funny. When uh, he said, you still owe me 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes. Dude, talk, I, about your, talk about your podcast. I can't believe it's a quarter to four. Right? No. Well, we I don't know. have to wrap early because. Uh, well, Bursey's got a hard out. I forgot to tell oh. you. I got, I got, a, I got to be out of a five to four. But uh, yeah, man, I'm doing the Bursey Effect podcast. Um, tell you us know, pandemic because you've been doing that a long time now, right? So the Versi Effect podcast was audio for a long time. And with the pandemic, I built this studio in the house. I put it on Zoom. Now you could get full episodes on my YouTube channel. Um, and the show's doing great. Half the time I'm solo. The other half the time I have a, a great guest on just shooting the shit like we're doing now. Um, I also do another podcast called Anything Better with Bill Burr. It's a sports podcast, but it always goes off the rails. And we end up yeah. not talking sports anymore we talk sports for and then it just goes off and we just talk life and everything like that i was gonna say um, what does he know about sports he's from boston yo dude forget <laughs> it we get into shit that's like i mean we've gotten into arguments for we've had we've had basically we've had a four year or we've had years of arguments of the same topic but he he's like it's so good because i'm a new york guy he's a boston guy he's on the west coast i'm on the east coast and he's kind of like two generations ahead of me really and like been my mentor so it's kind of like a really cool cool relationship now that i don't open i haven't opened for billing years and and so we kind of wanted to stay in contact and friends and, and maybe like hey man let's do a podcast together because we always talked about it so um we ended up doing that that's doing great and then yeah man i'm gonna shoot another special this summer it should be out um in the fall hopefully we're, we're finalizing cool. that so uh and, and all awesome. my all my dates, guys, I'm going to be, like I said, I'm going to be at the Addison Improv uh, outside of Dallas, April 22nd to the 24th. I'm going to be uh, May 20th through the 23rd, Side Splitters in Tampa. And I have a bunch of dates on paulverzi.com with all ticket links that you could get. So let me, all right, you just made me feel really fucking old. When you're, you're, you're like, oh, I'm a few generations behind Bill Burr. I was a generation ahead of Bill. And Bill, you <laughs> open for me, you fuck. So now I feel like I'm 90. <laughs> You could probably go back and do that gig that the guy wanted the 15 minutes. Yeah. You could go back and do it now. You'd crush. <laughs> you, you know what? Here's what happened. Bill doesn't even know this. 
Uh, we had the same management back when he was young, when he was starting. I had this manager, and he goes to me, hey, I, I'm taking on this guy from Boston, and I want to send him out with you. He's really good, and I'm really – I think he can get a lot of colleges, so I want to I have him open for you wherever he can. I want him and, – and, and it was Bill, and he was – you know, he was great. He was great, and we – good guy. Within, like, four months, that same manager goes, hey, uh, I'm dropping you because I'm too busy with Bill. I'm like, oh, great. I'm glad I could help you get him off the fucking ground for you. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking great. Yeah, I, mean, I can't even believe he was that honest. Like, yeah, I'm dropping you. And then, yeah. uh, and then I ran into Billy like a year later, and he's like, oh, that guy was the worst fucking manager. He, he goes, they went to a college showcase, and the guys from South Park were there, um, Matt Stone and whatever. Yeah. And the manager's asking these guys for autographs. Billy's like, what the fuck are you doing? You, you make me look like an asshole. Can <laughs> <laughs> I get your autograph? <laughs> it'd be funny if he like dropped bill right there and he's like you guys need somebody yeah. <laughs> hey, bill i really like you but i'm getting too busy with trey and matt like, over you're, here bill, you're fired i'm too busy. <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you uh, i'll tell you a great bill burr story we're at a club and it, i don't even remember who the opening act was but it was the three me and this this guy and bill and the the guy had just gotten engaged and I had just gotten engaged. And it was kind of like almost on the same day. And Bill goes, what the fuck is wrong with this? this is before he met his wife. Fuck is wrong with you fucking guys. And he turns to the guy. He goes, what, what, what are you thinking? And the guy goes, hey, you know what? When you meet the one and you know that's all there is to it, you know. And then he looks at me and I go, look, if... If somehow I take off in this business and women start throwing themselves at me, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't be sure. <laughs> I go, but for right now, you know, I'm not taking off in this business. <laughs> and Billy turns and goes, to me, he goes, you got a shot. <laughs> and he goes, you're never gonna make it. Yo, you and your wife are never gonna. It was the fucking thing I heard. Oh, even... <laughs> oh, that's so fucking great, man. That you, is you got a shot. <laughs> oh, that's so great. You know, like one reason why I think we hit it off the way that we did was um I kind of was the guy young with a family. You know, I got I decided like I did this shit in my 20s, and people were looking at me going, like, are you fucking nuts? And I was like, I was never going to let this business not make me have a family and children. Like I was always going to do that. Like, you know, and, and I think, I think that like, not just bill, but some other one of my friends that wanted to do it were like, Oh, maybe you can do it. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like, it's like, I'm not going to, you know, not do something just because I'm going to tell fucking dick jokes in a strip mall and I'm going to yeah. not have a family, you know? And I think that when people see that you can commit and do that, it made people go, Oh shit, I'm going to, this is not every fucking thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, Billy Crystal did it. You know, he was married with a kid before he ever really did anything in comedy. You can do it. I don't Cold like the people who think you can't be happy as a comic, like you can't live a fulfilled life. Like, right. oh no, you gotta suffer, you gotta you miserable and well, you know, yeah. the anger. And it's like, eh, I can find enough anger and misery and everything else in the world. Let me go home and be happy. Like, please, can I have yeah. just a little bit of happiness? Yeah, the idea that comedians are these miserable, damaged people, I think everybody's damaged and miserable. And yeah. I think we just we just choose Talk about it. Our we choose our, our our talent allows us to kind of put light on it. But I mean, I know fucking guys that are lawyers that are fucking miserable. Yeah, you're right. You know, they're, they're they're miserable. Listen, everybody had shitty, some shitty upbringing or in some way, whether it was yeah. a parent's divorce, whether it was abuse, whether it was a, I don't care what job you do. I think comedians are just the ones that go. I'm gonna go make a room full of people laugh because I'm I was able to deal with it in a way of putting light on it. So I agree with you, Mark. I think that whole like you gotta be miserable to be good. And yeah, we're all damaged. We're all fucked up. But everybody, but, yeah. 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 We just everybody. don't have a talent for it. Is your point? <laughs> we have a talent yeah, to be, it out. 
yeah, right. some miserable lawyer just can't do what we could do. Right, 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 right. right. He right. takes yeah. his aggression out at the gym or at the, you or know. in the bar or on his, you know, you know, or, or, in, the, or in the courtroom. You know, I mean, in his yeah, own dickhead way. at work. Bury this piece of shit. I'm putting this guy away for years over nothing. You know, because I'm, you know, because I'm I'm pissed. Whatever. You know. By the way, lawyers, dude. I remember I had this accident. It was like a fender bender. And it was like it was a little more than that, but I remember we were sitting down and this lawyer comes in all like over the top buttoned up, and he sits down and he looks at the other lawyer and he goes, "Counselor, what?" I'm like, "Let's fucking, it's not a fucking double homicide here." It's like, <laughs> like counselor dum, dum. all buttoned up. It's like let's not get crazy here, dude. You know, you know what I mean, you're handing out tickets. <laughs> Counselor, this is like it's, it's not a. It, uh, he acted like he was Matthew McConaughey in A Time to Kill. <laughs> <laughs> now imagine she was white. It's like, dude, she hit my bumper. <laughs> He's got posters and graphs. <laughs> I, I I short stopped. I bumped into her. Uh, what do I owe you? <laughs> at the time, at the scene, here's the graph. It's like, no, there was no scene. She fucking stopped. I hit her. Like, who who owes who what? All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I ask you to look at this. Look at this shaved head. <laughs> Did he need new tires? Maybe. <laughs> Is he a miserable comedian? Possibly. <laughs> we don't know if that bumper was faulty. We may never know. There may have been a dent before the accident. We don't know. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, this case has kept me up and away from my family for months. <laughs> I think that would be the greatest lawyer ever. Real quick, before you go, let's talk a little bit about the logo behind your head. Yeah. The greatest fucking football team. What do you think? There's you think? no Steeler posters behind him. <laughs> I will tell you Eli this. Eli Lover or an Eli Hater? Oh, my God, I love him. Don't you hate Eli haters? Do you know that I have friends who hated Eli so much that they couldn't even give it up when he won? Like they were still like, yeah, but you know, they only went 10 and six. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I remember, <laughs> dude, I was at Giant, I was at MetLife Monday Night Football. Giants are playing the Rams after the Super Bowl. We won. And there's a guy sitting behind me and he goes, I'm not sold on this Eli guy. I'm going, dude, he won the Super Bowl last year. Against it's the fucking Patriots. You know, you know what? You know what game I was at? The uh the night game against New England, uh when it, before the first Super Bowl when they when they Undefeated? lost. Uh, yeah, yeah, the 16 and 0. I, I, I was at that game too. I was at that game. You know what was I was at that game. And we were standing the whole time. Do you remember how we stood the whole time? Nobody sat for a second, bro. And that was the I game. Think the game meant nothing to the Giants. And Coughlin said, "Is it on the schedule? We're playing it." Remember that? I was like, the "And he won. He won the team over. He won the team over by that." Even, even more over. crazy. Even more crazy is when Coughlin shook, when Coughlin shook Belichick's hand at midfield. Belichick said to him, "I think we'll be seeing you again." Yeah, which is crazy. No, Paul, because he, it, he knew, it, it's funny you say that because I was walking out of the out of the uh, stadium with. Uh, is he there? Did he freeze? Paul, you there? I'm here. I'm here. You're frozen in my thing. Um, I'm walking out of the stadium with a bunch of New England fans. And I said to him, I go, I know you guys are 16-0, and 0, but the last few weeks, you know, I go, you guys could get picked off in the playoffs. And they said, yeah, we know. And who would have thought it would be in the Super Bowl? I know. Giants. Yeah. I, love, I love the moves the Giants are making, and I love – you know, um, the only question mark I have is the quarterback. Me too. Um, you know, but I love that Barkley's coming back. I love the moves. I think we're going to make some uh, – I think we're going to be the team in the East. I really do. I do too. I don't understand how they're being looked down on, and they are. I mean, there are people saying the Redskins have a better shot, and I don't I don't get that at all. No, yeah, I don't – I mean, they, they – Well, they I definitely think they don't. Didn't they change their name? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, they're not the Redskins. Redskins won't Sorry. win at all. Didn't mean to offend everybody. <laughs> the Redskins aren't going to be. No, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, the Redskins definitely have a good defense. That kid Chase Young is an animal, but yes, um, I, I, they have a great wide receiver and a great running back. I mean, they do. Don't get me wrong. They have all of that. But I just really, I love what the Giants did in the offseason. I think they're totally set up for the draft to go out and just get some great guys in the draft. They don't have to worry about, I mean, get an edge rusher and get an offensive lineman and let's see what happens. I agree. I agree, man. I think, uh, I think we're going to be okay. I think we got a definite shot. I'm, I, I hope Saquon doesn't rush back either. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I hope, I hope you know. he won't. I don't think he will. Uh, but I, I do. Only have, oh, I know you got to get out of here. Thank you so much. We can, will you come back? Cause we barely like you, you were just great, man. Can you Dude, I'll come back? I'll come back uh, anytime. And uh, Mark, I actually do like the Steelers. Same family as the Giants. That's I always right. imagine being in that family. Yeah, they're married. Yeah. And, and they no, were yeah. famous actresses. I mean, fuck you guys. Really? Uh, <laughs> don't have enough but, uh, go Giants, go Knicks. And I'm a Yankee fan. That's a story for another day. All right, um, cool. But I will come back to your show anytime, man. It was a pleasure. I appreciate you having me. And uh, thank you so much, man. Thanks, You're man. amazing. Thanks for joining thank us. Thank you so much, man. Good luck with your other show. Oh, thanks, brother. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, man. Paul Verzi, everybody. How exciting. Well, listen, we're gonna, is, does Frank have a show? I don't even know. If Frank no, Frank, Frank doesn't have a show because he's in the middle of a festival. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, let's. Uh, we didn't do the drink or a joke. No, we didn't. Do so, let's close on that. Um, I, we both we grabbed to, drinks. We need to come up with a new name. <laughs> well, dude, I, I, it was so funny when you guys started talking sports. I was going to go, we only have Paul for a couple more minutes. So, let's uh, real quick do our drink and joke. All right. But, all right. <laughs> my problem is is there were so many things where i wanted to jump in because it was like you know we're we're all so related with yeah. everything and um there's like a, a, when we were talking about weddings i wanted to talk about i got married at governor's and it was nothing but comics oh, there yeah and, it, and i remember my wife going like uh only the best man gives this speech because if we hand the mic off, this is going to turn into a fucking open mic. Oh, yeah. Who was your best man? My brother. Was your brother? Right. Yeah. What brother had to get up and be the only one to speak at a wedding full of comics? Listen to this. My sister-in-law had the line of the night. She got up and goes, I was so nervous that I had to give a speech. And everybody here on Mark's side is uh, either an actor or a comedian, and I was so nervous that I had to be funny, and then I watched Mark's act and realized, you don't have to be funny. <laughs> Standing ovation. <laughs> Did, hey, Mark, is it true when the when the minister turned to you to get married, he said, do you, Ronnie Riccadonna's brother, take... <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I was drinking Johnny Black on the Rocks. Nice. And I haven't been drinking, so... And this is my go-to, and I missed it. And I love you so much. I missed you. <laughs> and you went Johnny too, right? Look at this. We I, all went top shelf. I went Tito's. You went Tito's. Yeah. All right. And the joke. Uh, uh, Paul is a apparently a cigar aficionado, and I'm not. But I like a good cigar, and I wanted to talk to him about it, but we never got to it. But here's my here's my joke. You ready? Yep. Yeah. Uh, salesman. Walks up to a house, knocks on the door. Eight-year-old kid answers the door. He's got a, a glass of whiskey in one hand, an eight bowl of Coke in the other hand, and a cigar in his mouth. The salesman says, are your parents home? The kid takes the cigar in his mouth and goes, does it look like my fucking parents are home? <laughs> that was beautiful. And that was drinks, jokes, and storytelling, people. <laughs> Oh, nice. I'm sitting in for Justin. Very excited. Are you going to stay? Get out of here, really? Um, wow. I'm pumped. I'm nervous. I can't sing. 
Barry Pearl. How about that? <laughs> Very cool. Thank uh -huh. 